Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Today, we bring you the third and final portion of an interview that we had with Andre Ivanov, the founder and leader of Flash Love and the Spartan Challenge. Earlier this week, he has covered a little more about what they're doing and how they're doing it. In today's podcast, he gets a little more into why they are doing what they're doing and who is helping them. So, so tell us, tell us more uh, uh, about Flash Love. I mean, so mm-hmm. for instance, I, one of the reasons I wanted to interview you is uh, I kept having people come to me and say, "Hey, have you seen about? Have you seen the Flash Love guy? <laughs> you know, have have you have you seen uh, this guy? And he, you know, he uh, helps in the community, and and he has these these guys, and they do different things, and 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 uh, and." people just kept bringing things up. And I said, I've got to, I've got to interview him. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got to talk to him, you know, uh, so t- tell us more. Now is, is flash love then uh, kind of a separate deal or is it kind of intertwined with the Spartan challenge or, or how does that work? Yeah. So, so I've actually been t- telling you about um, mostly the flash Love organization. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spartan challenge is, is um, under the flash love umbrella. And what it is is it's a it's a funnel, it's a pipeline, it's a it's a launch pad that that creates you know these these incredible uh, individuals that can go out and transform you know our community. But all all of the transformation post the Spartan Challenge is actually directly um, underneath the, the 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 flash love umbrella essentially. So the the local missions, the regional missions, the, the national missions, and there's actually, you know, even further development that I haven't, you know, gotten into and that's more economical. Um, and that's also some of the exciting stuff that's developing that we haven't got into. I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so flash love is is uh, if I can sum it up, you know, I mean it took me a long time to to be able to answer, you know, what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a uh, it's a national strategic approach at a at a local community level, um, and it's a it's a connecting machine, you know, um, and an organization that that connects um, uh, people and talents resources into a strategy, you know, and it puts them into a strategy that that every single individual with what they have they can contribute and and we're creating a community not because andre is a good guy you know andre has given his life to the lord you know that's that's my that's my take that's why i do what i do mm-hmm. and and uh i die to myself daily for that mm-hmm. um so yeah so so flash love is is uh it, it's a heart you know I, I i can't explain it in any other way than than what i've just shared with you mm-hmm. no that, that that's no that's good thank you very much now you, I, I read a quote um, from you that said, uh, "What the youth is missing is they're missing leadership," and and you, you you talked about how um, you know youth needs leaders that are not that they're not only to tell them when their actions are wrong, but to also show them what right looks like, <laughs> and and that really um, hit a note with me. Um, it. When you when you say that they're missing leadership and and they need to see what right looks like, is this is is, is this something that they're not getting in their home life? I mean, I, I would agree with you on on that statement. Uh, why why do you think 
that that many of our youth are in that situation? Whew. Um, that's a deep question, uh, meaning the, the answers to it are many. Mm-hmm. Um, but why do I think our youth need leadership that they're lacking? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. You know, uh, you look at the whole, you know, teenage um, in, in individual, right? Mm-hmm. They may have been raised in the most incredible home or their home was a wreck. Mm-hmm. So both situations that the, the team is looking for validation from their peers. So mom and dad could have done everything that, that they have done and done, done it right. Mm. But now because there's so much input and so much input is, is valued by them at that age, because they're trying to become more independent mm. where the world is screaming for their attention, fighting for their attention. And so you have a lot of these misguided youth who are corrupting even the ones who are not in that same place. And so you're having this, this, this chaos because it was by design that the demoralization of a nation has, has, has happened over, over a decade plus, I would say probably three um, to be more accurate. And so what we're doing is not what, what the government often suggests. We need to hire more counselors, you know, because that's, that's what's really going to give them the light. What we do (laughs) Is is we is we speak truth and we pray over these youth and and, and and we declare you know God's God's assignment and and and, and reconnection to Himself, mm-hmm. and so what that does is it, is it recreates or corrects the course of of the youth that now take ownership of their lives, submitting to a higher to a higher authority which is God right, mm-hmm. but then with our guidance they're able to take control of their life and then also now become responsible for others. So now they're living a, a much higher, more noble cause because they have accepted something that was so real. And because the guidance from the left and right, they're able to make that happen successfully. And so what we're doing is not needing or what we need to do is not, not hire more counselors. What we need to do is, is put these youth on a mission, give them a, give them a vision because my people perish, it says, without a vision. Right. Mm-hmm. And I paraphrase that, obviously. Yep. And, 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 and we and, and we have no vision. We have no hope. But there is a hope and there is a vision. And so we are we are making that vision clear. We are writing it on, you know, on the on the walls and we're seeing it on the hearts of our youth and giving them an understanding of who they are and what, what God has created them for. And that gives them clarity. That gives them purpose. That gives them direction. That's that's great. My other quote that I saw from you that I really liked, uh, you said that America has become an environment that is not conducive to good work. <laughs> mm. what, what do you mean by that? Uh, I, I, I posted a long time ago. You really dug through. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where that came from. So so when we were launching the the nonprofit organization, um, I realized how much red tape there was that one had to go through or an entire organization had to go through just to do something good. Mm. And you heard a quote I said earlier today, uh, or, or yeah, earlier in the conversation today, where I said, there are, there are times when you have to ask less questions and just do the right thing. Because if you start asking questions and you, and you want to go through the, what they call the quote unquote legal way, they will stream you out and they will, they will milk you dry. Hmm. But that financially and emotionally, and uh, by the time that you can so so-called, you know, become this 
eligible organization to do a good thing while we have kids that are eating Tide Pods or choking them out with strings on their doorknobs. Mm-hmm. We have kids that are committing suicide, you know, at, at a rate that I don't even want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And someone is telling me that I need to get qualified, you know, or, or get some governmental permission to do the right thing. Yeah. I don't got time for that. I'm going for souls. Mm-hmm. I don't got time to ask for permission. Not from a pastor. I have no time to ask for permission from a mayor, from, 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 from even a president. I don't have time. God has given me a clear assignment. He says, go out and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to be, I don't need to have a title or, or, or a degree to go and make that happen. So I know my calling, and and I and I hope the youth understand theirs. That's that is so good. Uh, let me ask you how how have you partnered with uh, you know adults business? I know you have um, you know, just talked about how um, you know the, some of the timber industry type type uh, connections that you're making uh, are are really going to uh, blossom and and uh, help the, these these young men out. Um, if, if somebody wa- wants to get involved and in, maybe they're not an adult or I'm, I'm sorry, they're not a young uh, man from, you know, 13 to 21 or whatever, but they, they want to be able to, 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 help in some way. Maybe they own a business. Maybe they want, you know, they, 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 they want to get a hold of you and, and help you out. It, do you ever uh, partner with these type of, of, uh, of people? Absolutely. And, and we have a, a growing network of, um, of business owners who, who join our network. And we have a very strong network of kingdom-minded business owners. And they actually sign a code of ethics that that is like, you know, from the Ten Commandments, you know, just, just re- rewarded you know, into modern language, but essentially saying the exact same thing. Um, and so, and so uh, yeah, we have a growing uh, kingdom uh, business network. And we also have a, a, a men's council. And this is um, uh, another, another uh, a group that actually meets uh, every Tuesday at – um, firmly planted uh, resource center from uh, seven to eight in the morning, and we invite all men to come. And these are fathers of, of some of our boys. These are men of all ages, and and actually even the youth that graduate come and begin attending those uh, those council meetings. And this is where men come hear of what's going on. They see that they they hear about the strategy. They see the plan, and they're able to plug in each in their own way. I mean, it is so incredible of of like the kind of different personalities that come. I mean, we have law enforcement there um, who are who are you know like literally in advisory roles, right? We have we have uh, elderly men who have been retired Frito for years that have just an immense amount of information, immense amount of knowledge that they can share. We have men, you know, who are current business owners or non-business owners, but have, to, you know, are, are in high technical fields. And they're there and they're able to give us advice as, as, as you know, as, I mean, as, as we move with this, with this group of uh, guys. We're actually getting ready to also start uh, um, Monday evenings, 7 to 8 p.m. Um, uh, men's council for the men that are not, not able to attend in the mornings. So yeah, so between those two, uh, the council for men, but the, but then also business owners across the community, we are we are quite literally rebuilding uh, a network that that people who want to control us, the American people, um, are very deathly afraid of, because we're becoming independent the way the communities were always built and designed to do. Hmm. So yeah, there's there's the absolutely uh, um, an invitation, an open invitation to the to the kingdom-minded uh, business owners. Mm, that's great. That's great. How how have churches uh, been of help, or have they? <laughs> um, how can I say this? Um, so so there are there are a few churches that that have uh, had an open heart 
and um, and actually even been supportive. Uh, but maybe to a shock to some of your listeners, Doug, uh, the churches have been uh, widely afraid, mm-hmm. sadly, sadly, widely afraid of what we're doing. And I hope that some people from those churches are listening to what I'm about to say. We are not a competition for your church. Mm-hmm. We are a launch pad and a, a driver to m- mobilize your youth, to transform your city, to restore the order of godliness. We train them and we send them. We don't own nobody. And that's the unfortunate uh, um, lie that that I've heard across across the, the board of this, of, you know, this fear of like the youth are going to like join this and they're going to like flee my organization. I'm going to lose the, the, the tithing community. I'm like, good God, I'm just I'm just living out my assignment to to give them an understanding the simplicity of of their purpose. There's so many youth groups out there, and, and I'm, what I'm about to say is is also going to be very hard for some years. There's so many youth group leaders out there who simply coddle their youth, and they think that that some competitive music with the world is going to keep their kids in or a pizza party. The kids are done being coddled. That's why you're losing your organization. The kids needed purpose and direction. And if you give them the purpose and direction, you will see a godly human being that is so on fire that they're going to that they're going to live out the true anointing and assignment that God has given them. And they're going to bring that goodness into your home. They're going to bring that goodness into your church organization because they're going to have a fresh fire because they're going to meet God on the front line. We just came back. We just came back. And, and this also may be a little bit scary for some people, but we just came back from a national mission where we were serving in the inner cities where there was a gunfight the night before we came where we were picking up shell casings. I told, I tell the parents of the youth that we serve in the roughest neighborhoods. We start with the darkest places first. And if you are afraid, if you're afraid to send your sons into the darkest places where I'm with them as well and other men, then you, God forbid, may lose your son in his bedroom because he's tied up in in, in a game or in, in some other nonsense and he's completely demoralized and his life is devalued and he's wondering why he's alive and he takes his life. This is happening across the board. Stop trying to bubble wrap your kids and put them on a mission. That I could not agree with you more. And uh, you know, even as what I've even seen in my some of my experiences, all the way from uh, the political realm and people saying, you know, you, you, sh- you shouldn't be involved with politics and be a Christian. You know, you uh, I, this this podcast, obviously, we talk about the no nos. We talk about Christianity. We talk about politics. We talk about the third rail subjects that you're not supposed to talk about, particularly within the church and the church. Uh, oftentimes, and, and this is not I'm not bagging on the church here, but what I'm saying is some of the things that you just spoke about are things that I've seen where where the the attitude is that we just need to 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 worry about church things and and let everything else go and unfortunately what that, that has done is that it's created a void within those areas that the church has vacated whether it be education whether it be you know uh, government whatever whatever the case may be we see this void and and then we wonder why things are going the way that they're going 
and why the whole separation of, ch of church and state and politics and state and that's a lie from the pit of hell and i'm glad that you yep. brought that up i honor you doug for the fact of or for the work that you're doing i mm -hmm. honor you for being a free thinker and, and actually waking people up and giving them an understanding um by opening up topics that are so taboo yep. that is terrible the fact that we've become so narrow-minded we as godly men and women need to occupy this earth that sounds a bit militant to some. I don't care. It, it says it in the Bible, right? Yeah. We we need to go, you know, go out and, and and that doesn't mean militarily and aggressively. That means that that means that if God if if God put us on this earth, He has given us the responsibility for all of it, mm -hmm. not just the little church club. Mm -hmm. The responsibility for all of it, and so that is that is you know the school systems, that is politics, that is that is law enforcement, that is the military. We need to have godly men and women in every realm of our society, and yep. then the wickedness will flee. Yep, yep. I I again could just not agree with you any more than than with what you're saying there. Boy, we could we could talk and talk and talk on that. We were proud to bring you this interview with Flash Love and Spartan Challenge founder, Andre Ivanov. There was so much that he said that I was very impressed by. Number one, he is literally taking action to solve problems, not just talking about them. One of the things that frustrates people the most about politicians is when they say one thing on the campaign trail and then they do the opposite or, or even just do nothing at all once elected. One of the things that I have always said when it comes to voting is that you need to know where each candidate stands on the issues that are important to you. We live under a system of government that allows us to vote for those that would represent us. But the other thing that is important to know is if that candidate actually does what they say they are going to do, or do they just simply talk a good talk? If they don't actually put to action what their words say, then they don't really represent you, do they? It's kind of like a political bait and switch. <laughs> Stick with me here. I, I uh, was helping my uh, relative one time uh, buy a van. And when we went to this dealership that... Uh, we were negotiating with uh, about a particular van. Uh, we were doing a pretty good job of negotiating, I think. <laughs> Not to pat myself on the back, but we literally had talked them down to about half of what they were asking uh, for the van. Now, after we had submitted our final uh, offer and, and said, hey, this is what we're willing to pay for the van. And if you're not willing to, to, to go along with that, then that's fine. And we'll go ahead and find another van. Uh, they said, fine, okay, let's go ahead and do the deal. But uh, there's one caveat to this. And the caveat was uh, that they wanted us to be able to sign a form saying, hey, we can use your van in advertising. Now, I thought at the time this was kind of, I, I question is like, why, why would you want to advertise a van that you don't actually have for sale? <laughs> And then it kind of came to me. This was a bait and switch type of thing where they could advertise that this van was for sale for, you know, I think, I think they, they wanted 12,000 for it at the time. And, and, uh, it, and we ended up getting it for about six and they could advertise, Hey, 
we we have this van and it's only six thousand dollars and of course when you see that in their advertising you're like oh wow that's a great price i'm gonna go and get that van so you call up the dealership and you say hey i want that six thousand dollar van what happens well i say oh well that particular van is sold, but I tell you what, we've got this other van over here <laughs> and, and yeah, it's probably a little more money, but you know what? I think you'd really like it. And so, um, it was, it was a bait and switch type of scenario with this particular dealership. Well, I, I think what we see with many of these politicians is a kind of a political bait and switch when they actually say one thing, boy, I'm, you know, really concerned about this in our society or whatever. And, and yet they do literally nothing once they get elected and into office about that particular issue. Well, Andre is an individual that saw a problem. In this case, the, the society that, that, that demoralizes half of its population. I mean, half of its population is male and and through feminization and and all kinds of things um this um you know this this putting down of masculinity um you know the the toxic masculinity type of uh theories this kind of stuff is is demoralizing and he looked at young men and saw how so many were not being taught how to be leaders and the men that God created them to be. Instead of just complaining about it, though, he started an eight-week intensive training for them. Once they complete the training, they are a part of a team that identifies issues within their neighborhoods, like rundown yards and the such, and helps with those needs as they see them. This not only helps the community address these needs, but also helps these young men learn how to, how to serve. And that's an important part of leadership. These men are able to serve their communities, make relationships with these people, and they're able to see God through them. And isn't that awesome? Well, number two, another thing that, that I, I was really struck by is he has really set up partnerships with businesses so that they can work together to make a difference. One of the exciting things that he broke on our podcast was that they are partnering with businesses to teach these young men skills. We have had some very devastating fires here on the West Coast. This is a result of terrible forest policy of public lands here. And they do not manage the forest land. They allow the the very fuel that feeds these fires to just simply grow unchecked. And what happens after these devastating fires is just as sad. The, the, The timber from all of these dead trees killed in the fires is allowed just to lay there and rot. This lumber could be harvested to salvage something from it, uh, and, and from this bad situation and create jobs along the way. And here he's able to set something up here to do that. And that is awesome because what that does is that really creates a win-win scenario, a win-win situation. There are certain things 
that are learned and not just inherited. We are naturally selfish from birth. Every parent understands this concept. When you bring home those little bundles of joy, the main thing that they do is tell you when they are hungry, tired, or poopy, (laughs) or maybe all three at the same time. If you don't listen to them, they will let you know with a loud scream that they want what they want, right? As they get older, we teach them to share with others and to think outside of themselves, but that's a learned thing. And if these kids fail to learn these life skills, then they are they are just simply demoralized and, and at a severe disadvantage to others. These young men develop skills that will help them in life. It teaches them a work ethic, which is learned. And it, it, it's a learned characteristic, really. This skill gives them a stick-to-it kind of attitude that it takes to keep a, a good job and, and further anyone in their career. The other thing that this does is it allows these young men to demonstrate their character to potential employers, right? So I was watching an interview one time and it was with one of the Koch brothers. And of course the Koch brothers uh, own um, some of the biggest uh, companies in in the world. And uh, they were asking him how they conduct their interviews because it sounded a little bit interesting. And so uh, he went on to explain that their interview process is definitely different. What they do is when someone comes in, and at least this is what they did at that time, and they may have changed it up since then, I don't know. But what they what they do is they have a, an individual come in, and they will, before the interview, they will have somebody come up to them, and they will say, hey, you know, maybe we're running behind or a little bit or whatever the case may be. Uh, tell you what, let's let's uh, go to the cafeteria. Let's uh, let me buy you a Coke, and uh, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, let's get some to drink and then, uh, let's, let's just talk a little bit, whatever. So, so they sit down with this individual and they just go over a bunch of stuff and they, they just, you know, kind of get to know this person on a, uh, kind of one-on-one type basis, kind of do a little bit of, of some probing, uh, not invasively, but just some probing of, of the, what type of person they are and, uh, and, and do it in a really a non-threatening kind of way. Well, then after th- this is over, then they go to the interview and they pretty much already know whether or not they're going to hire this individual or not based off of the, the, the pre-interview, so to speak. Why do they do this? Well, they do it because he said that they can train just about anyone to do the job that they're hiring for, but they want to see they want to see the character of that person. What they want to see is, does this individual have the character to do the job that they're hiring for? And it's very difficult to really see that character without uh, really digging into what kind of person this this person is. It's hard to see just in an interview uh, setting what type of person this person is. And so that pre-interview is really what they're looking for when it comes to these individuals and hiring them. And, and so character is very important when it comes to employers and, and, and just, just how uh, you survive in life and how you, how successful you are in life uh, oftentimes comes 
um, in, in what kind of character you have. Well, the third thing I was really impressed in this interview is that, and, and maybe impressed isn't the right word to use here because it didn't really impress me. Uh, he talked about churches have been hesitant to partner with them. Well, this was the most surprising thing about the interview in, in, in my mind. I, I was prepared for him to tell us about all the partnerships that that he had with, with all these different churches. Um, I was prepared for Andre to talk about how thankful all these churches are for what is happening in these young men's lives and how they're, you know, teaming up with, with him to, to grow the program, right? Well, this was just simply not the case. Instead, he said that not many churches are helping and that many see him as a threat. <laughs> that just blew me away. Character is a biblical trait. Character is who we are, no matter who is watching or not watching. Character represents who we really are. Character encompasses things like trust, wisdom, honesty, selfishness, or not selfishness, but selflessness. I mean, these biblical traits are things that churches should be encouraging people to, to learn and to demonstrate. Why would you not want to partner with something like, you know, the Spartan Challenge? If it is truly that pastors are afraid that they're going to take away from their youth groups or congregations, well, shame on them. And, and, and I truly mean that. Now, this is the type of program that churches should want to partner with because they are instilling in these young men hope. They're instilling in these, in these young men, um, well, what the Bible calls fruits of the Spirit. And so uh, this, this is something that churches should be looking for uh, as, as a uh, partner to team up and, and to do really good things. Well, you can contact him at flashlove.org if you want more information on this. Uh, you can contact him on Instagram at flash underscore love or on their Facebook page. Um, and also, of course, his email, andre.ivanoff6784 at gmail.com. If you missed any part of the interview, you can always go to uncommonsensepodcast.com. That's uncommonsensepodcast.com and hear all three parts of this amazing interview with Andre Ivanoff's Call to Action. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.